Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash have a drink. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your device. Also by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. All right. We're still down a host, but we thought we'd use the opportunity to talk about a special brewery. It's time we take a trip up the bumpy road to Michigan and talk about Bell's Brewery. Without Casey here, you shouldn't hear too much audible eye rolling. Uh, but you can take some time to look at the impressive path uh, that the brewery has taken from bathtub to brewery. And maybe have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. So we are we're short of Casey Price. Casey is still gone, but we are going to have some... On a boat! <laughs> no, he's no longer on a boat. He's back on dry land, which uh, we'll talk about why he may be back he's in his He's in his car, which is, which is a boat of the land. Yes, <laughs> precisely. But... Uh, uh, next next episode, we'll be able to talk to him about uh, what went down on that trip. Very interesting what's, trip. <laughs> what's not? That's going to be really depressing. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> oh, so uh, we'll get to what we've been up to uh, in a later segment. But Justin, what have you been up to? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of. I, I, I very much encourage anyone who's listening on audio to at least go check in on the video because so, you're missing it. So if if you're wondering, uh, Justin has shaved his head. Look, my hair was already going, uh, so <laughs> I thought I might as well just beat it. I kept the beard. I, I don't know what my chin looks like anymore, so he, I had to keep that. He looks you you like have the, to keep the beard. <laughs> he looks like the time paradox fry that they called Lars in Futurama. That's exactly what he looks like. We've already gotten a lot of Lex Luthor jokes, and uh, <laughs> mm. uh, I've been compared to uh, uh, Walter White more than once. Oh yeah. See, I don't see that though. Yeah, he just needs glasses. glasses. And I have hair here where he just kept the. Yeah. yeah. But still, get a pork pie hat, and you're you'll be on your way. <laughs> You've so yeah, many great need... Halloween ideas now. <laughs> uh, I also can't wear a white shirt without looking like Mister Clean. <laughs> Yep. A bearded Mr. Clean. Another Halloween idea. A bearded, fatter Mr. Clean. <laughs> Swear to God. You keep adding to that. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, other than that, it's been, it's just been a hectic work week, so I haven't had time to, like, actually relax with anything. Uh, Until I, now. Like, 
I think the first beer I've had this week happened uh, when we did our last our, our news show, which you can check out at 7.30 on twitch.tv <laughs> slash have a drink. Sorry, I uh, have a drink show. I briefly forgot our, our URL. I did the same thing, and then everyone was like jumping down my throat. And I was like, whoa, on the spot. Suddenly everyone's like, oh, yeah, do you remember everything about your show? And I'm like, wait, what? I was just listening to this other podcast. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> God. So yeah, um, we did a thing we'll talk about later, and I very I didn't want to. I nominated other people to do the interview, and then at the last second they're like, "You do it," and I'm like, "Okay." By other people, he means me, and yes, I should have done it. I'm sorry. I can BS with you guys and other people all day long, but when it when it's like a serious, oh, here's an important person, you need to ask them pointed important questions. I'm going to sit there politely until there's a break in the conversation. And when there's no break in the conversation, I'm not going to interrupt someone. <laughs> I'm just going to I mean, it's only nodding. polite. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's it's what happens. But yeah, uh, I went on a release bender, I'll say. I I'm, saw that. I, but uh, the, the, the check-ins were just... And I haven't even checked in half the beers. That's because this is oh, the no, last... Oh, no, I just meant the location check-ins. Oh, oh. This this is the last like big, you know, release weekend for a minute. Happy, happy birthday! <laughs> yeah, because it's my birthday tomorrow. Yes, that was part <laughs> of it. And also, I want to get away from local stuff. I've been down this uh, rabbit hole of local releases and stuff so heavily, and I feel like I'm losing touch on uh, what's happening on the national scale. So, Not that there's anything wrong with your local release scene, right? No, no, it it is quite robust here because uh, I went I went out to Indiana to a place called 450 North, and there were people coming there from like Northern Illinois and all these places, and they're all talking, and no one like no one knew anything about anything going on in Cincinnati, which blew my mind. But it's kind of that reminder: oh yeah, it's a very localized thing, and like these breweries and beers might be the world to you. People outside of a 50-mile radius of the city have never heard of it. Yeah. Nope. In fact, when I have people suggesting, uh, like, asking me, like, I'm heading up to Cincinnati. I have to use what recommendations I remember you guys giving me to say, you should go here, here, and here. Hmm. Well, no, it was uh, overhearing someone talk about uh, all the breweries in their town up wherever in Illinois. Oh, yeah, we've got eight breweries in town and whatever. And someone's like, oh, we've been looking for a place to go for a weekend. It sounds like we could have some fun there. And I was like, when I go to Cincinnati, and they look at me like, why, the, why would we go to Cincinnati? Like, because we're pushing like 60 breweries? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it is like everywhere has its own little pocket of breweries, which is neat to get to see that, I guess, area's beer culture, sort of. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I believe uh, we've been taking part in uh, the movie draft for Diamond Club. I, I guess we're still riding with B-Team at the moment. Nothing betters. <laughs> Haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> Nothing official yet. Yeah. So uh, I believe we have an awesome, uh, awesome sounder here. Yes. Welcome to your Movie Draft Minute presented by DiamondClub.tv for the week of April 9th, 2018. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay. I love the smell of buttered popcorn in the morning. Where did I sleep last night? Let's go to the scoreboard. Teams walking drunk, have a drink, and the VOD squad are all waiting for their first movies. 
15 movie parties in third place with blockers, making $25.3 million. Team Ritual Miseries in second place with A Quiet Place, making $63.4 million. And with Ready Player One crossing into nine figures, Team Game Night is in first place with $102 million. That's your Movie Draft Minute for the week of April 9th, 2018. Freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. We are still waiting on our first one uh, to come out. I, I don't remember what the release date is for that, for our first movie. Uh, but don't worry. It We've doesn't matter. We've got this thing in the can. Everyone else just needs to pack it up and we? go the F home. No. We've got uh, Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But we've got that and Super Troopers 2 and Crazy Ow. Rich Asians and I Feel Pretty. I was gonna. I was actually gonna lead with "I feel pretty." That would have been. Yeah, I, I feel pretty. How can you lose with that? Some people like Amy Schumer. You know, I don't. I don't like the idea of it because we've got what's going to be the biggest blockbuster either ever or at least of the summer, and then a bunch of comedies that hit different genres of comedy. Well, I I, I know a lot of people at work are pumped about Super Troopers too, so. That's a that's a very our age group. Yeah, so that's a very niche you know, like hitting thing that hits it right for us. But there's a lot of people who are in that demographic, so. Yeah. Oh, there couldn't be in the eighteen to thirty-five. No, <laughs> that's, that's the prime demographic. Okay. Well, do we have any announcements? Yes, we do. Aside from uh, that wonderful movie draft thing, which uh, provided by. Uh, I don't know, Diamond Club B team, I assume. <laughs> probably Club like team, W Scott uh, S1 and or Fitz. Uh, w Scott S1 set up the whole thing and it's specific to uh, Big Voice. Uh, I want to make sure I have the, the name right, so give me just a second. <laughs> and he totally said it too, and I'm just like, uh... Big Voice J. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Okay. Sorry. I, I, I knew it was with a J. I didn't realize <laughs> it was literally Big J. Voice J. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, on our announcements. Next Saturday uh, is our sake episode. So that's April 21st, 9 p.m. Eastern, um, twitch.tv if you want to catch it live. That should be an interesting one. Uh, Also, that same day, um, we will be doing our first of the quarterly uh, calls with the $5 per month patrons. So uh, if you want to be in on that kind of thing, um, patreon.com slash have a drink show and uh, pledge $5 a month. And you can help contribute to the show and possible meetups. So uh, we'd also like to remind everyone, uh, our news show is up. It has its own feed. Look for Have a Drink News. Uh, it's also live every seven every Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and then finally, uh, we keep mentioning this. And we'll try to mention it a little bit less, but still remember um, to, to keep it going. Uh, but we are... Uh, We've joined the Diamond Club team in the year-round Extra Life campaign to support the Children's Miracle Network. So you can donate to our page and help us help the team reach the $10,000 goal. Uh, you can visit bit.ly slash H-A-D Extra Life. That's had Extra Life, all lowercase. Oh, um, uh, we left out the time. So for oh, the, the hang- meetup, the, it's the uh, The pre-show. call is going to be at 6 p.m. It'll Eastern. be pre-show. Well, no, our pre-show usually starts at 7.15, so it'll uh, be... Before the show, <laughs> and it will last until... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Uh.
the ongoing saga. <laughs> that is the best word for it. Of Stone v. Miller Coors. So there have been a few updates in this story uh, since last episode. So glad we've uh, bumped things up weekly now to be able to cover a lot of these things as they happen like this. Because this and the Green Flash story, there will be like three or four updates within a week. So, we have a rebuttal, finally. Uh, a re- response from Miller Coors <laughs> in this whole thing. And when I say response, it's not just like a, oh, they remarked on Twitter. I mean a legal response. Mm-hmm. Lawyers have sent letters and all that. So it took two months, but Miller Coors has finally responded to Stone Brewing's trademark lawsuit. In February, the San Diego Craft Brewery filed a lawsuit against the multinational beer company, alleging that its rebranded packaging and advertisements for the Keystone brand infringed upon Stone Brewing's own Stone trademark. Early this morning, uh, as when this article was written on the 11th, so it's a few days old. Early this morning, Miller Coors answered back with several counterclaims asking the court to grant it the exclusive right to use the stone mark in conjunction with U.S. beer sales. In its 82-page retort, Miller Coors, a subsidiary of Molson Coors Brewing Company, called the claims in Stone Brewing's February lawsuit misleading and ultimately meritless as well as a publicity stunt and a platform to market its beer. Stone Brewing's complaint uh, makes grandiose allegations, but leaves out most of the facts relevant to this dispute, the filing alleges. That is what it says in legal documents from them. Uh, According to Miller Coors, among the facts omitted from Stone's lawsuit is that all Keystone cans and packages are labeled Keystone, and include the Coors Brewing Company logo. Miller Coors also noted prior to use of the term stone in ads promoting the Keystone brand dating back to 1992, the company shared images of a 1996 newspaper advertisement using the tagline, start your party with the stone. Mm. If anything, it is much more likely that Stone Brewing copied the stone name from Coors since Keystone beer was already advertised as such in the market, the lawsuit said. In its counterclaims, <laughs> Miller Coors took several shots at Stone Brewing, uh, asserting that the craft brewery's growth presents an image problem for its executives. This case is not about <laughs> verbatim copying, but Stone Brewing's struggle with its new identity as a global mega craft beer manufacturer. The filing said, uh, Gone is the small Stone Brewing of old. Today, Stone Brewing is one of the largest breweries in the United States. And its beer is sold on five continents. Uh, what does a company that was built around its opposition to big beer do when it becomes big beer? The filing continued. This is still everything they have in legal documentation. Uh, Stone Brewing situation appears to be uh, file to file this meritless lawsuit against Miller Coors. Miller Coors filing claimed the Stone Brewing used misleading images of the rebranded Keystone cans and packaging in order to isolate the stone from Keystone. No, that's a huge lie. It's already isolated. Like, no, it's... You can find pictures. You can go see it. It just says stone giant on it. Bigger than any other word. Just a stone. 
company also claims that there's no marketplace confusion between the two brands because the two companies are targeting different consumers and their products are stocked in different areas of grocery and liquor stores. That's for sure. So, God, this is a lengthy article, but it is a thick topic. So to get the rebuttal, finally, is, yeah, some of it's kind of damning if it comes back. They've got evidence that's showing, yeah. Uh, but they've had the same campaign for years. So that's a little, eh. But well, at the same time, nobody's copying off of Stone. Or Keystone, rather. Yeah, it's... That, that's obviously not the case, and they're trying to keep this because, as Stone claims, uh, they tried to file for the rights to use just Stone back in, what was it, like 2005? Something I think like then that. the original filing from Stone, uh, and they were denied because Stone already holds the rights, if you're talking about beer, to use the loan word Stone. Hmm. As they should, since it's actually the name of their company. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that that's where I side with it, but I don't know. It's you got to look how legally how does that play out if they have evidence dating back to ninety two, people using stone to refer to Keystone. Yeah. See, I mean, I do get. I understand some of the argument that they're making, though, because. There's not a huge crossover in Keystone and Stone drinkers, I don't think. No. But, no. <laughs> and, you know, the color scheme is different. I I wouldn't be confused going in about what product this was. And they are in completely different spots in the store. Like, I don't think people who typically drink Keystone would see, would accidentally see, you know, a bottle of Arrogant Bastard or something. Be like, ah, that's what, you know what I mean? Like, that's not a yeah. real thing. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. The, it just doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't that comfortable with Stone doing the lawsuit to start with, because I was like, it, it seems a little silly. I, I understand it to some degree, because it is, like, very prominently says just Stone, but, you know, still, it's. It's not a competition, and them turning around and doing another lawsuit just feels like they're just trying to escalate it so they can make an easier settlement. Uh, the whole thing feels very strange. I, I, I'm with you on... Um, I, I was kind of like lukewarm on Stone's start of this whole thing. Um, like, I think, yes, it looks weird that they're highlighting part of the name of... You know what I mean? Like, the stone out of Keystone. It, yes, that's weird, but I... And I, and I think that, you know, any company has a right to protect their, their trademark, their branding, etc. But at the same time, I don't think people are confusing these two particular brands. <laughs> like, it, it seems like a bit if, much. If they do, they do it once. Yeah. <laughs> Never so again. If, uh, I don't know if you want to find it and put it up. If you go to Stone Brewing's Twitter account... Today, they went off on a tirade oh, I'm sure. about this because uh, they have not responded legally yet against the response from uh, from them about Keystone. But they have unofficially all over their Twitter, they're reposting <clears throat> all these images showing the cans positioned in tweets from Keystone with the key completely not visible. 
and it just says stone light. That's all you see in any of the, like, their official pictures of the cans. You and cannot I, see Key anywhere. I do agree that that's weird. Like, it's a weird marketing push. It, why not just, like... Well, that's in the in, in the response uh, from Miller. That's when they were saying, uh, the statement claims in our recent social media post, we intentionally showed their cans in a way that only highlighted the stone part. Not sure if at Miller Coors lawyers have seen the official Keystone Light Facebook and Instagram accounts. Spoiler alert, they started it. <laughs> and that's when they had put up all the pictures like, no, pretty sure they're doing it. Yeah. I I don't know. The whole thing seems weird. But at the same time, it, it it's just... Uh, like, I see the point of of the, from Stone Brewing. But at the same time, it also seems like they went a step too far. And the whole thing comes down to, as they said, and they reiterate here, hashtag put the key back in Keystone. They said that's all they want. Just put your put the full name visible yeah. in there. That's all, like stop doing it the way you're doing it. Like choose a different marketing campaign. That's all it really takes. And that's when they're, they're twice. They've, they've already th- spent a lot of money making this marketing campaign. So yeah, cost benefit. It's probably easier just to get involved in a but they, legal slap fight than it is for them to. But they, they also have a lot it. of money. They yeah. were denied the right to do that uh, back in 2010, is what uh, another tweet is saying. Mm-hmm. At Miller Coors makes a hold to do about 2010 when they tried to register a stone tagline. Yet even they can't rearrange the timeline. They filed. We told them we didn't like it. They abandoned. Swing and a miss. Mm-hmm. So there is a bit of history to this one that is going to take a judge and or jury a while to dig back through since this baby's going to go to court and Stone is saying, no, they will not back down. I don't envy the people involved in this in any way. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Ugh. So, yeah, there will be plenty more updates on this story to come. But for now, let's let's lighten things up a little. little intact. Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, Ooh. <laughs> well, first up, uh, well, is it first or is it? No. Oh. Uh, I guess technically only up yeah. as far as badges go and untapped. Right. Only uh, official badges. Mm hmm. Uh, we have the Cumberland Valley Beer Trail badge. Uh,. Says, summer is fast approaching, and what could be easy, what could be more fun than hitting the road on a beer adventure? Ooh. It's a uh, close one, too. We could actually do this. Cumberland Valley is an easy, picturesque drive from Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., offering craft beer lovers a different kind of trek. An assortment of up-and-coming microbreweries, distinctive restaurants, and trailblazing tap rooms. Uh, as you taste your way through... Yeah, as you taste your way to the trail, be sure to check in and unlock a new, uh, a brand new pair of badges. First check in to any beer at one of the participating venues between April 10th and September 10th. Good while to try to get this one done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you will earn the Tap, Tour, and Try a Pint badge 2018. Uh, continue your journey onto the Cumberland Valley Beer Trail, and you can upgrade the badge. The total of uh, five different participating ve- venue check-ins, and you'll get your... Uh, Tap, tour, and try pint, uh, try a pint 2018 to its next level. Be sure to add a participating location to your check-ins uh, for it to count. Mm. Uh, pick up the passport from your first stop and collect stickers along the trail to win a prize. If your passport has five stickers, send it to us for your free bottle opener. Or keep exploring nearby participating tap rooms to earn a free T-shirt. Hmm. 
I mm. know. T-shirts uh, and bottle openers. It's an easy way to get it, a lot of people to come do it. At least it's not koozies. Not wrong. No one uses koozies. Uh, I, mean, I have never heard of any of the breweries on this, but that's even more reason to try it. Yeah. Okay, and... Uh, Appalachian Brewing Company is on there twice, by the way. I saw that. I was wondering. <laughs> hmm. So, there there were other badges that were available this week. Um, were Yes, I believe they're actually uh, finishing up with the Seven Cities Tour. And we got to go to the one they held in Cincy at Mad Tree. Mm-hmm. And it was an absolute insane time. There mainly, were just so many people there. Mainly because there's no parking. Uh, we had people that were going to try and meet us, and that did not happen. I just got a, See? I got a text like two hours after they were supposed to be there, and they were like, I've been circling out here for an hour trying to find somewhere to park. And they forget I, remember lif- I remember lifting from your old apartment to Mad Tree, which is not necessarily that close. Yeah, uh, but then Just there was to a go for, for that, that opening... Yeah. Event you know, opening day thing, and I was just like, "Yeah, no, there's nowhere to park here. This is yeah, it's." <laughs> that said, the place is huge. Oh yeah, you can fit all the people, just not all the cars. Yeah, plenty <laughs> of room inside, quite spacious. But uh, we got to sit down for an interview with oh. uh, Mr. Greg. Of, I never knew I was. I still can't. I met him. I can't yeah. say his name right. Greg so Avalo. either way uh from untapped and we discovered i can't do interviews Uh. (laughs) Uh, i'm garbage at them uh but we sat in with uh cincy brewcast to do that one Hmm. and uh i don't know if you can find the video his broadcast of it with good audio anywhere but then we have good video and crap audio that we're trying to get up well and like the audio surprisingly you can actually hear what they're saying it's just it's odd and choppy for some reason um so like but uh, otherwise the rest of the quality is fine just need to voltron them together yeah make one proper (laughs) basically but this was a good conversation that would i mean it if if you're on untapped uh then this is there were some hot takes so (laughs) if you want you want to know officially uh from untapped the uh, official stance on vintages of beer is that it should not be a thing. Mm. Mm. And that's that's their opinion on it, so they leave it up to the individual breweries. So if you get mad that your brewery has, or that your beer that was vintage check-in stuff isn't on there anymore, and every time you try and add it, it gets deleted out, it's because the brewery wants it that way. Oh, Don't be okay. mad and untapped. It's the brewery's decision. Also, um, if you're making up check-ins <laughs> that uh, don't exist, so you're making up, uh, say, water, and the brewer is like Mother Earth or yeah. something like that, there are nine volunteers throughout the country who have to go through and verify and delete all that garbage. <laughs> Unpaid volunteers have to go through and police this stuff. So when you're just making crap up and putting it on there and you're trying to make up venues, nine unpaid volunteers try to handle that. Yeah. It was a very informative interview. Um, All right. Well, good to know. Yeah. Jokes hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the the guy was was very informative, um, not only on the untapped side, but on the, you know, what our local side as far as, uh, because there was a mad tree, um, the head brewer was there, I believe. 
Um, so wait, I cannot remember his name to save my life. Uh, but it was a really good interview. Um, and it was like, what, 40 minutes or so? We were a 44 minutes. We had him for 45 minutes because then he literally had to turn around and start meeting people. <laughs> yeah. So well, there, mean, was a, there was a know, massive line. Yeah, yeah. Cause what they were, they did the, uh, they have new glasses um, at Mad Tree and they're like stemless, oddly shaped, small wine glasses, essentially. But, you know, you can, it's whatever. You got them, uh, the first 100 people got them with special tappings. They were doing that night for the this event. And the line, when we got finished, went to the other side of the brewery. But we from were, the room that we were in. We were around 65th in line because the people behind us had counted. And uh, we didn't realize, we're like, oh, we're, we're fine. We're going to get, we're going to get a glass. It's great. Yeah. No, uh, because they were, however many pours you wanted to buy, you got to keep the glass. So people were getting pizzas and just filling the top of the pizza box with pours. Like having four glasses sitting on top of it. Which is not fair. They weren't policing at all. So six people in front of us, they ran out. Now, they are still selling those glasses now. Like it was new for the event, but they're still going to be there. But we didn't get a free glass, you know. (laughs) But it's not that we needed any more glassware. So uh, Just, in chat, as you were describing this, I had a new idea for, for a glass. When you mentioned the stemless glass, I do want a stemless glass, but I need a powerful magnet at the bottom of that glass and the opposite magnet down at the base. I'm just gonna have it hover. <laughs> so um, in the chat, some things are coming up. Yes, if you want to email us about some of these hot takes uh, against again uh, the whole thing about vintages. Yes, that is a contentious point. But most breweries and brewers want you to enjoy the product fresh as intended. But then it comes into people enjoying it, letting different flavors develop, others fall off. They're perfectly aware of that, but that's when they said, we leave it up to the brewery to decide how they want to handle it. And yes, the he did give Cincy a little bit of love. Uh, he made it to Cappies that I know of and had checked into a few things, but he is not... So the creators of Untapped, there are really two arms to it, and it's the beer geek side and then the tech side. This was mm-hmm. not the beer geek side. This was uh, this was tech guy, pure tech guy, and he the most of the most of the uh, interview was talking business. Yeah, uh, talking about how they started doing this business version of Untapped, to where breweries can come in and take control of what's presented from them on there, and they can basically have an up to date tap list. Yeah on there and some things like that. That's that's actually kind of a neat idea. Yeah, that's okay, it. Matchery was one of the first ones on board with that, and originally they weren't going to be. They were like, oh, we can post on our website and whatever. Now it's literally when they change a tap, within a minute, it changes on untapped. Okay. <laughs> See, I haven't had a chance to listen to the new Cincy Brewcast, so is it uh, up yet? That one won't be up yet. Um, oh, that's right, because you're fighting with the... Never mind. Brain's well, and, and I'm not sure what Gnome's... Uh, thing was because he was he was rushing through because originally he had a show to go to literally right afterward like mm. he, he had half an hour to get there and then it got moved so he was like well crap <laughs> so like he didn't have his big speaker out like he normally does and like his his setup was was kind of thrown there <laughs> well probably still pretty good though yeah, right, uh, yeah. everyone go check out since brewcast if you want to hear the interview and uh, i think the only thing i got to throw in was why aren't we getting you know untapped uh, all the things 
Although, yeah, because you brought up whiskey. It's like, I, I want to be able to check into rare whiskeys and scotches that I'm getting. And, and he and said cork. that there, there's, yes. he did the, the tech thing of like, well, you know, never say never, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and um, that's, <laughs> so uh, if you want to get into the vintage discussion again, that's when he said, well, apparently they have kicked around the idea of doing a wine version of Untapped, where vintages mean everything. So right. that weight's entirely different in the ratings and all that. So he's like, it completely different beast so yeah um, and then the ratings would have to change over time too because as they never mind <laughs> he did mention of course you know it's like well we do have some other things like you know you can check into cider and uh, mead on untapped apparently which i I, yeah. I knew about the cider but not the mead thing um mm-hmm. so you know i i don't see why they wouldn't at some point expand but right now i think they're still very focused on beer it would still be great uh i still have to recommend everyone go follow them on twitter because just watching people fight with whoever runs their Twitter as to, they're like, well, why can't I check into this? And it's like tequila. <laughs> why why can't, can't I check into this? Sir, that's a shoe. You can't even drink it. <laughs> that's a, they're always just like very dry and pointed about whatever. It's like, well, that's a, that, that's straight liquor and this is for beer. So, and then Sir, the people. That, that is a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. More or less. I mean. <laughs> All right, so we had a good time, and there was a special badge that you could get there. And the way they had systems, they were giving away stuff through the app. So as you checked into stuff, and you had to tag that you were at the party, one, the first check-in, you'd get the badge that you were there. And then um, they would, it would randomly pop up if you won a T-shirt. Just like, hey, come over to the booth and see us. You've won a free T-shirt. Yeah, they had the untapped. We got stickers, at least, though, of this, the Seven City Tour thing. Um, nice. The, uh, I can't find a picture. Did you get a picture of the glasses? Those glassware? Which glassware? The, the special, because they're not on the store yet. From Madry? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Well, damn it. I, they looked really cool, and I was just trying to find, like, a picture somewhere, but I got nothing. Um, hopefully at some point they'll be up. But, uh, but nice. yeah, I got some stickers, and, um, I, I feel like, because they only brought 20 shirts, yeah. And the guy had mentioned like how impressed he was so far with Cincinnati because like he never it was never on his radar, which again it kind of talks about like how we were saying before like we're basically in in the local bubble, you know. Um, yeah. But it was just it was interesting because he's like, you guys have how many breweries here? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it's just where do you uh, fit them all? Basically, and then he was confused because we had to explain the airport thing and how it's not actually in Cincinnati, even though it's called that. So, it, <laughs> yeah, because he was like, so I'm staying. He's like, we're in Cincinnati, but my hotel's not in Ohio. <laughs> it's like, I'm staying in Kentucky. He's like, over in Covington. I was like, well, then you're within walking distance of Braxton. And can I recommend after this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he was like, we noticed that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fun. Um, it was just, I was very tired by the end of the night. And I, did, I didn't drink, but I totally wanted that bad. So I just gave up and like cheated. <laughs> She smelled. I made her smell most of my beers, so yeah. she gets she has to check in. Based, I wasn't on... I wasn't missing that that Seven Cities tour badge. <laughs> you weren't checking into it, but you smelled enough that somewhere in your nostrils is a sip of beer. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'd like to take this time to thank our amazing patrons over at Patreon.com/slash Have a Drink Show for supporting the podcast we'd also like to thank audible.com audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service so i actually have i I don't know if i can make it a single recommendation 
it like can't be a single book, but the entire okay. Discworld series. So you're gonna have to do a series thing like I did, basically. Because we were talking about it pre-show, and I was like, so I really like the Night Watch stuff, and we could say Guards, Guards to start you in on just those. But Discworld is like fifty plus short novels, and it is an amazing fantasy world uh, from Terry Pratchett, who just passed la- uh, last year, or the year before, two, two years ago, two years. two years, I think. Yeah. year and a half or two years. Yeah, but uh, I highly recommend you get it. If you like anything fantasy or like that short British humor and wit, mm-hmm. it's so good. It's, it is one of the, it, it is a formative book series for me. It is. <laughs> I've only uh, listened to if one you of want, them. If you read those books and then stop and think for a second and go, oh, yeah, Bob read these. <laughs> This this shaped him in a fundamental way. Uh, so, yeah, there are several different book series that go on in the overarching Discworld mythos. Let's, ex- let's explain what Discworld is briefly, <laughs> like the actual conceit of what the place is. Okay. Oh, it's, it is it's, a flat world. It, yes, it is a Hence disc. Flat, flat earth. You could go with that. On the back of four giant elephants. Who are? On the back. Hmm? I was going to say, who are in turn on the back of a giant sea turtle swimming through space. Yes. Great Atun. Great Atun. And the main city of Ankh-Morpork. Uh, that is where I think most everyone's favorite series in this is set, and that's everything around uh, the Night's Watch. It's a toss-up between them and the Death books. Death has his own series of books in these, <laughs> and they are fantastic. And he has stage fright. He does. Uh, there was one, uh, The Witches or something? Oh, I, I like the, the Witches. I am uh, fond of The Witches books. That was actually the, the last book uh, published in the series by Terry Pratchett was one of The Witches books. But his daughter has taken it up and uh, is going to... She worked with him on several of the books. I think mm-hmm. she's going to continue it. Uh, yeah, because there there's the Witch series, there's the Wizards... Uh, oh, yeah. There's death books, uh, the knights, uh, the the guards, the the city watch books, and then there's a few that are just about the world, like small gods or yeah. something. I can go on for a long time about these, and this isn't even my suggestion. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you can go on Audible and just pick those up. It's great, uh, especially if you go over and sign up on Audible, and not just go in to buy the books, because if you're gonna buy the audiobooks. They are stupid expensive for those. Yeah. So you need to go sign up and get in on there, and then you can use just a credit because mm-hmm. they'll give you three credits a month, and you can go, oh, I'm going to use my three credits. For this audiobook, that would normally be like 40 some dollars, and you're getting yeah. it for your uh, – well, if you do it your first month, it's going to be free. Yeah. And then otherwise it'd be – it's like fourteen ninety nine a month, and that you'd get essentially $30 off the price of that audiobook. But to download your free audiobook today, go to audible.com slash have a drink. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash have a drink for your free audiobook. All right. All right. We do have a topic. Been up that drunk. Seeking bastards. Been up that drunk. Been up that drunk. Been up that drunk. As always, give me a minute. <laughs> my, my drink is not light. Uh,. I could be soon. <laughs> uh, 
no, like we mentioned before, talking about bells today. Uh, while the Casey is away, the co-hosts will talk about breweries that he has boycotted due to legal issues. <laughs> and due to this being brought up so many times, I just completely left it out. Because if you listen to this show, you know exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, it's a they thing. have had some lawsuit issues with other breweries about what is and is not in their trademark. That's why Casey is not a fan with them. Now, that's it. Casey introduced me to them, so <laughs> this is this is how it is. Yes, Casey. Well, Casey's away. The topics will stray. Yeah, so let's get <laughs> on to the point. Hmm. Fair enough. That's uh, about right. Yeah. Bill's, Bill's Brewing Incorporated was founded by Larry Bell in Kalamazoo, Michigan, in 1983 under the name Kalamazoo Brewing Company. Bill's interest w- uh, in brewing began after he moved to Kalamazoo to attend college and got a job. Uh, they never actually sued them, though. <laughs> Fair, but we can get into that when Casey's around and he can <laughs> he can shout all he wants. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, after he moved to Cal- uh, Kalamazoo to attend college and got a job at the original Sar- Sarkozy, Sarkozy Bakery. Bakery. Sure. Uh, it was there that uh, Bell gained an interest in yeast and began experimenting in home uh, with home brewing. Uh Baking, that gateway to... Yeah, as soon as you start tinkering with yeast. Slippery slope till you're starting a company, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Bill admits there were a lot of bad beers in the beginning. Uh, by 1980, he was using uh, tubs to brew his own beer in his basement while his roommate grew marijuana, uh, marijuana upstairs. We were a self-sufficient household. <laughs> the greatest thing ever pot of top beer in the basement uh self-sufficient household yeah yeah okay i'll i'll give them that and then i stopped and thought about i was like are you sure like i had to double check and make sure i didn't accidentally look up like the start to (laughs) lagunitas or something (laughs) anyway the demand for bell's underground beer grew to the point where it uh people he didn't know were showing up at his place to buy at one point, thinking federal authorities were pounding on his door, he fled through the window, only to find visitors were members of a bluegrass band in the market for a case of Kalamazoo Cream Stout. <laughs> that is the most bluegrass-sounding thing I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, no, there's a guy we've heard of. He's got beer down in his basement. Let's just go knock on the door. I like uh, M-Beam uh, in the chat, buds and suds. <laughs> So, yeah, um, having been confused for, like, the opposite side of this, having been confused for a bluegrass band when I'm trying to purchase alcohol, I mean, I guess it I, it, it just happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, he began with a $200 steak, a birthday gift from his mother, and incorporated for $35. He gradually took investors, uh, including the local uh, spice company who supplied the hops, Eventually, set up a home brewing supply company in a space of, at the in a space at the bakery. He began to uh, his commercial brewing venture with nothing more than a 15 gallon uh, soup pot and uh, open top fermenters covered with plastic wrap. <laughs> that's uh, that's a pure duct tape and chicken wire <laughs> venture right there. And I have more respect for how this thing got started. Like, is it clean? Man, I hope so. <laughs> we'll find out. It's like if I was brewing, like. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Casey would be very meticulous. Everything would be sealed and covered and perfect. It, for me, it would be a lot of, yeah, I guess, sure. Um, throw <laughs> some more hops in there, I guess. Uh, mm. 
uh, he says uh, the first years were uh, were really really lean. He says, and uh, he, we didn't have money to buy bottles. Uh, I had to. Uh, I had a license to sell other beers. We would hand wash the bottles, hand sanitize, rinsed, filled, labeled, and then distributed. Even uh, with these constraints, Bell managed to brew 135 barrels in that first year. Jeez. In mind, one barrel is 31 gallons, and that's a whopping 4,185 gallons of beer in a 15-gallon pot coming out at nearly 280 batches. So they- Not small. They yeah. kept that that pot going like day and night. Meanwhile, his upstairs roommate was uh, keeping a different pot going day and night. Uh, in 1989, Bell was shipping more than 500 barrels annually and uh, assigned its first uh, wholesaler, Rave Associates, based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, to further establish uh, itself across the state of Michigan. During this time, Larry Bell was su- uh, supported by his wife, Sue... Kovat spells? Yeah. Spell? Hmm. Okay. Uh, Sue worked as a nurse to provide for them and their uh, for them and their two children as Larry became obsessed by his brewing venture. It just sounds like he's like it, you know. Mad scientist room. <laughs> right. They're like, honey, honey, you're not sleeping. I've got to keep brewing! <laughs> <laughs> like he's Tesla you or something. <laughs> you can't do anything. You've got one pot. Nothing, nothing else can work right now. I can start milling the next batch. <laughs> uh, she said she promised to support Bill for five years after the two married in 1990, uh, 1985. Ended up being 10. Uh, he moved into the, uh, from the bakery to a desolate warehouse. Uh, I knew uh, he could pull it off. We came close to bankruptcy, and I was risking losing our little tiny house and our little car. This is like the Ghostbusters thing. No, it's fine. Everyone has a fifth mortgage these days. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, when I was doing the research on this, I came across a bunch of Reddit posts where people were sharing the story of his first marriage, and they're like, yeah, you see a lot of this in the early craft beer game. And that's even, you look at New Belgium, I mean, it was a husband and wife couple who divorced because of the company. Mm. Yeah. The pressure eventually ended the marriage, just as the brewery was beginning to turn a corner. Uh, he was gone a lot, and I didn't feel the teamwork anymore. She said, uh, uh, sh- uh, "She said she could have fifty percent of the stock, uh, but settled for amount she calls minimal." And the brewery business hasn't been easy on Bell's marriage, as he is now on his fourth. Ouch. Yeah. So yeah, other than wives, a few other things have changed along the way. In 1998, Bell's was forced to change uh, the name of its flagship summer beer from Solson to Oberon. I did not realize it had a name before Oberon. As a result of legal action by the Mexican brewing company Cerveza... God. You gave this to yourself. I did it to myself. (laughs) Sorry, we're... uh... Cerveceria Quatemoc Moxtuma? Moctezuma. Moctezuma? Uh, That's makers, totally wrong, guys. I'm makers sorry. of a beer with a similar name, El Sol, the Sun. <laughs> Spanish for <laughs> the, the <sun>. Sol. <laughs> By 2000... Spanish for the Nino. <laughs> <laughs> By 2001, Kalamazoo Brewing Company... Uh, was brewing seven days a week to keep up with demand and had uh, no more room to grow. So plans were put in place to open a second brewery in Comstock, Michigan, just seven miles east of Kalamazoo. The Comstock Brewery opened in 2003 and was already beginning to expand by 2005. 
So within two years, they were already expanding their expansion. Uh, 2005. <laughs> 2005 is right. also the year Kalamazoo Brewing Company changed their name to Bell's Brewing, Inc., uh, reflecting the name by which most people refer to the brewery. It was formally reincorporated as Bell's Brewery Incorporated in 2006. They didn't Oh, yeah, become... no, that was... Like, that's old, uh, that's old Crazy Bell's yeah, that... brewery. He's, he's over there brewing up a storm. It wasn't until 2005 that they actually became Bell's. That's one of those things I'm like, how did I never... What? What? Yeah. All right. I, I mean, they kept the name Kalamazoo on some things, though. Oh, yeah. It's still around on a lot of their stuff. But how were they? Like, that was... I was kind of into the social zeitgeist of it by that point. And how did it... <laughs> I missed this fact? I don't... I don't I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Ooh, that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's no, we're not even. Person, but no. that was funny. Uh, move, moving on. In October <laughs> of 2006, Bells found themselves in a bit of a distribution debacle in accordance uh, with a 1982 Illinois law which protects the interests of beer distributors, uh, the Beer Industry Fair Dealing Act. Uh, the Chicago distributor Union Beverage attempted to sell its Bells distribution rights to a competitor. Uh, Chicago Beverage Systems, or CBS. In meeting with CBS executives, owner Larry Bell became uh, concerned that his full product line would not be adequately represented by CBS, having no legal ability to prevent un uh, Union from selling its distribution rights. Bell chose what he saw as the only recourse to pull his products from the entire Illinois market which represented over $1.3 million per year for Bell's Brewery. Due to the vagueness of the law, which does not specify a lapse period, it was thought likely that if Bell ever attempted to return to Illinois Distribution, Union Beverage Parent Company, National Wine and Spirits, would have the right to demand substantial compensation from the distributor. However, beginning in late 2007, Bell's Beer began its return to Illinois via two new distributors by creating two new beer brands, Kalamazoo Royal Amber Ale and Kalamazoo Hop Solution. <laughs> this was done for legal reasons, since each beer avoided the use of the Bell's name and logo and used a different recipe from previous Bell's brands. Uh, Bell contended that these were not the same beers assigned to his former distributor, Nevertheless, Bell said he expects to be sued by his <laughs> former distributor, National Wine and Spirits. I'm going to do it. They're going to sue me. <laughs> Initially, only the Royal Amber Ale was made available in draft only at about a dozen Chicago area locations. In August 2008, Bell's was able to return its primary brands to the Chicago area due to former distributor National Wine and Spirits exit from Illinois. Hmm. So if you wanted to know the birth of Hop Solution, that's it, and that's why the Bell's logo isn't on the Hop Solution logo. Weird. The more you drink. <laughs> that always... We need that little rainbow banner. <laughs> yeah. Except that... we have to do something legally distinct, I think. Yeah, I was always... <laughs> well... <laughs> I was always confused as to why the Hop Solution logo looked the way it did, and there you have it. Yeah. All right. Um, well, in 2012, Bell's announced a new sister brewery called 
Upper Hand Brewery based in, oh God, Escanaba, Michigan. Uh, Jim, I'm sorry. Uh, Upper Hand Brewery opened in 2014, employing a mere five people and does not serve beer directly to the public, but does offer free samples. The name Upper Hand relates to how people show where the UP is with one hand and refer to Lower Michigan with the other hand. Only one person is getting this, and that's Furry Viking in the chat, who is, I am sure, holding his hand up currently to the computer screen trying to show us, but we can't see. (laughs) Does it it look like this? No, no, not like that. See, I don't even know that much, and I've got family in Michigan. Uh, Today, Bell's Brewery, Inc. is led by co-owner and CEO Laura Bell, the daughter of Larry Bell. She never envisioned succeeding her father. Uh, Quote, I had resentment toward him and what the brewery stands for. Would have, uh, I would have appreciated uh, a more present dad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, She said she gradually grew to appreciate the business after she took a job in uh, production in 2008. I learned about Bell from other people, said as Laura Bell. I found the employees were passionate and engaged and awesome. I realized that Bell's was much more than my father. I thought, I cannot mess this up. Um, Bell's is the seventh largest brewery in, or brewer in the nation, producing 310,000 barrels with revenues upwards of $100 million annually and distribute to over 33 states with ambitions to make it 39 this year as they prepare to add New England and New Jersey. Uh, I don't think new england's the state um no it's the entire new england area the whole new england area okay new england and new jersey washington dc and puerto rico let's just make it one big state it'll be easy it may as well yeah uh today the company has 525 employees bell doesn't see the business ever going public it's crazy that they have such a a big distribution um and and all that you know that the largest blah 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 525 employees (laughs) that's it it just seems weird. I mean, you know, automation helps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just feel like that's not a lot of people. All still coming from that same 15-gallon soup <laughs> pot. No, no, it's not. <laughs> just <That'd> be funny. <laughs> run, run, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> hashtag dad's will. Hashtag trust fund. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there was actually, like, there's some contentious stuff about who gets what out of, you know, if something happens. Because of the animosity in the family. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone's running it right now, so... No, he's uh, still primary shareholder. Oh, uh, he he owns, meant... like, 60% of the company. Yeah. Because uh, there's some other stuff that we left out in there about... Um, uh, he started buying out... When he dropped below 40% of the company, he started buying out other investors hmm. to get himself back up as primary. Wow. So between him and his daughter, they control it all. That's a little... All right, well, yeah. it's time we talk a bit about the beer. And what better way to talk about the beer than <laughs> try one? With the best beer in America? Yes. Uh, I believe some of you drinking along at home may have one in front of you already. So yes, we are talking about Two-Hearted, and we're going to do a light uh, tasting for Two-Hearted Ale right now. So if you don't have a Two-Hearted and you're listening to this at a later date, go ahead, go ahead and pause it here, run out, and grab you a Two-Hearted. Uh, they're not hard to find. They're pretty much in every yeah. convenience store. It is one of their year-rounds. Yeah. There's a, they're everywhere. 
I I literally just walked outside, reached into my mailbox, and pulled one out. <laughs> you want me to read? Or I'll get it. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was busy pouring. <laughs> That's uh, what I was like. Huh? <laughs> from 2010 to 2016, uh, the American Homebrewers Association rated Bell's Breweries Two Hearted. It's a lot of apostrophes, by the way. <laughs> uh, Bell's Breweries Two Hearted Ale, the second best beer in the United States. The A the A H A. Uh, published its annual list of 50 beer rankings uh, in the magazine Zimmergy. Zimmergy, probably. Zimmergy. Uh, it was ranked the best beer in America in 2017. Uh, the Two-Hearted Ale is an Indian pale ale named for the Two-Hearted River in, up- in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. In 2017, uh, the Two-Hearted Ale was also awarded uh, the best beer in the United States, taking the award for the first time ever after seven years straight at number two. Coming in at the top, yeah. <laughs> Bell's Two Hearted Ale. So, what is this ale? Well, it's brewed with a hundred percent Centennial hops from the Pacific Northwest, and named after the Two Hearted River in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Uh, this IPA is bursting with hop aromas. Yeah, as soon as I started pouring it, <laughs> woo! Hop aromas ranging from pine to grapefruit. From massive hop additions in both the kettle and the fermenter. Perfectly balanced with a malt backbone and combined with the signature fruity aromas of Bell's House Yeast. This beer is remarkably drinkable and well-suited for adventures everywhere. Comes in at 7% ABV. Could not find an IBU listing. (laughs) Very odd for this one. I'm going to say it's high. Yeah. Uh, it has an untapped rating of 3.98 out of 5, which is pretty good for untapped. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> It'll do. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do, beer. That'll do. So That'll do. just go ahead and dig your nose in, and it like it just screams Centennial. You're getting mm. like a... F- it has, it has a, fruity a, a light dankness. Yeah, it's... it's um, there's a nice dankness to it, I think, like it, because it's supposed to come off pretty bitter, and that's, I mean, those Centennial hops. There's a reason that uh, founders decided to go with that being their like year-round mm-hmm. IPA. I I think it was this one, but I remember drinking with uh, a friend of ours, uh, Laura, and she had ordered something, and she does not like IPAs, <laughs> and I think they gave her a two-hearted. Oh, oh. so and I went. Yeah, no, that's an IPA. You you can give that here. I'll I'll dispose of this for you. But you you can't drink it, but come over here and smell it. You get we, we work we're working in that fashion because I mean it comes across. I mean it's the dankness, the hoppiness, the pine, the grapefruit. It is hard to find a beer at this price point and availability. That I mean that's just the aroma. I've not even put it to my lips yet. It's been so long I can't I remember have. exactly what it tastes like. It does smell good. I've had one fairly recently. Uh, my nose is a little bit cleaner, I think, than the last time uh, I had it. It does Not smell because really of any dank. kind of cocaine thing. I just can smell better today. Because <laughs> you usually just, have these, allergies. These, I was going to say, uh, mm. after, I thought you were about to say, because you showered. <laughs> That's not the joke I'm trying to make here. Uh, but it, it it's actually more fragrant than I remember the last time I tried having a little whiff of this. It's um, very fragrant, but it's, mm. oh, and then okay, when you... Everything that comes off in the aroma hits it in the flavor. Exactly what they described. That's everything you're getting and a little more. There's a little, uh, I get kind of a soapy bit on my tongue. I got, I, I smelled that a little bit just on the first 
the first whiff. It's just it's extremely light. It comes and then it's gone, and you're back to those nice grapefruit tones. This, this is this is also I kind of want to say like the polar opposite. Excuse me, of what I'm drinking for the show. Oh yeah, it is for me as well. <laughs> so, you know, it's an interesting change of pace midway through to go. Oh, let's have a little. Oh, that's refreshing, <laughs> crisp. So I think. I have to agree. Like when you come around to just like <laughs> consistency and the fact that this beer is so available and so good. I mean, based on that alone, uh, it smells soapy, but can you, so in beam in the chat, uh, <laughs> soapy is a quality that can just be given off by hops. It's not, not necessarily a bad thing. Although sometimes, it, sometimes it is, <laughs> sometimes it can be a little strong and yeah. And sometimes there's just actually soap in. <laughs> sometimes someone dropped a bar of dove into the, <laughs> into the batch and the whole thing of dawn is, or dawn. Yeah. Yeah. See the episode of King of the Hill in which Alamo beer has the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the scandal. <sighs> so, all right. Um, Justin, the rest of the beers or Justin your your consensus oh. was um it's really good I don't know if I would say it's the best beer in America really? but scandal <laughs> I mean I like it but I like other beers more I think you uh, also have to like the dank um stuff like the cuz it you can smell how hoppy it's going to taste <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't mind that. Like I said, it's actually pretty good. I'm, I like more what I was, what I've been drinking during the the rest of the show, though. Mm. But that's a that's a personal flavor thing, right? Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to all that in a minute. But yeah, I, the first time I had Two Hearted, I drew back because it was before I was into IPAs at all, and I was just like, oh god, right? But yeah. now, and it's thanks to uh, Furry Viking in the chat. <laughs> yeah, I am just balls deep into IPAs. <laughs> He he's the one. He had me going uh, when they did a tap Explained takeover. So much. <laughs> they did a tap takeover in town, and they had draft only, uh, double two hearted, and we made it up there. And yeah, you had some too. Mm-hmm. But uh, we went up to because that's all he wrote. He's like the double two hearted. You have to get it, and that's what changed everything for me. And I, after having that, I was like. I need all the double IPAs. Pile them on me. Yeah, because that's when we—that's when one of the times we kind of learned the difference between the uh, imperial slash double IPAs and then the regulars. And they were like, "Oh, you can actually taste things in the imperial." <laughs> mm. So that was that was an interesting experience, actually. All right, so let's get into some more of their beers, since that is the one you will find absolutely everywhere. Yeah, so we got we have a basic list, and this is just from their website. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, sorry, I'm laughing at chat. Um, we have a, a basic list of the most notable ones. I don't have every single, like, beer, um, but they do have a, a good list on their website. So, go check that out uh, with full descriptions and whatnot. So, um, a, a couple of, uh, a few notable year-round offerings that they have, um, which some may have heard of. Uh, they've got the Oatsmobile Ale. Uh, which is a session American Pale Ale at 4.3% ABV. Quick, um, to the Oatsmobile. <laughs> so it, I do like the name of that one a lot. I found the packaging on that one to be a little uh, confusing because when you look at it, it's a horse running through big fields of wheat. Yeah, not, like, nothing so, to do with oats. So I'm like, so is that, that's going to be a big weedy 
something or another? No, no, not it's even not. a little bit. Yeah, or or at least have a a car because you okay, um, <laughs> but car boats. Yeah, <laughs> a truck boat. Um, truck. the other year-round one is a Kalamazoo Stout. Um, you've probably seen this just about anywhere. Um, so this is the dark chocolate roasted coffee stout balanced with hop presents. Uh, it's six percent ABV. Um, also the Oarsman Ale. Um, this is, I don't see this as often, I feel like, but it is a year round. I, I see it fairly often. Uh, it's, it's okay. a pretty solid, uh, solid little ale, little ale that could. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's a wheat ale, um, with citrus aromas and it's only, it's a 4%. So I guess more of a sessionally thing. Um, now seasonally. They've got uh, a few here. Um, one of them is going to be a little more obvious, but uh, the one that everybody kind of gets excited about every every year is um, the Oberon Ale. Uh, that's one you're going to see untapped badges for and things like that. So, and they tried it, shoving that down my throat when I went to Hopcat last time. Said, <laughs> we have Oberon now. You want Oberon? We have Oberon. Fine. Just <laughs> shut up. Yeah, I went out, uh, I think it was like the weekend after you experienced that, and uh, we had a little guys night, and we went to uh, Mellow Mushroom. And I, was, I wanted the badge, honestly. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take an Oberon. And she goes, okay. And she comes back, and it's in this, you know, branded Oberon pint glass. And she goes, and you get to keep the glass. And I was like, great, more glassware. We don't need <laughs> yeah. it. I accidentally forgot it there. Like, I actually forgot it. I wasn't going to keep it. For your Viking notes that Kalamazoo, Michigan actually shuts down for Oberon Yes, Day. they have parades. Uh, I've seen the pictures of like local bakeries do donuts and cakes that are all themed. Like you cut them open and it looks like that Oberon logo. It is insane. I would love to go one year for that. So, uh, so Oberon is a wheat ale fermented with signature house ale yeast. Um, it is it is very uh, it is very weedy. I remember, and then it's also very. It's like the perfect thing to have in like spring. So next to uh, the uh, blackberry gosa Ooh, in yeah. town, it just kind of screams summer when you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one's at five point eight percent. Then the next seasonal one is the best brown ale. And I'm sure like this is like one of the more popular packaging that you probably see is the one. It's the red label with the owl on it. Um, not my favorite <laughs> of the packaging, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so it's a brown ale with hints of caramel and cocoa with generous American hops. Again, 5.8%. Uh, and then finally, the winter white ale, obviously seasonal, um, fermented with a Belgian ale yeast and a blend of barley and wheat malts. Mm. And that's at 5%. So a nice winter one. I don't remember having that, but... They have two winter ones because they have the winter white and then they have a scotch style. Okay, and then they have, yeah, oh yeah, okay, which is in the next category, the specialty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so first up on the specialty one is the Consecrator Doppelbach. Um, a lot of people have heard of this one as well. Mm, Got yeah. the little goats on the label. Uh, it's gonna be ro- it's out now and about to fall off of shelves. If it's not already sold out, uh, they'll probably be yanking it in mm. the coming weeks. Yeah, um, so that's the tradi- traditional Doppelbach, and it's fermented with Old World yeast. And it's got hints of caramel and molasses. That is an 8% uh, beverage yep. right there. And then um, the next one is the Expedition Stout. Kind of another Expedition. one people go... <laughs> it's another one people go crazy for, I think. Yeah, uh, I got to try that, thanks to Furry Viking in the chat. Yeah, the, um, uh, barrel-aged. yeah that, that rains down from the heavens once a year. The barrel-aged <laughs> one. Year, but... 
Yeah, so Ooh. there yeah, there is the two variations. I didn't put the other one on here, but there there's the expedition stout and then there's the barrel age expedition. Um Ooh. yeah. But so it's a Russian imperial stout and it says it's full of chocolate, dark fruit and other aromas. Uh that is a 10.5% ABV. Just, it's not low. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. Uh and then the the other one, like I guess all of these like kind of make everyone go nuts. So the next one is Hop Slam. Which is kind of a thing. Oh yeah, no, no. <laughs> come on and slam. Who, the, no one could ever drink that. What are you talking about? <laughs> we don't happen to have glassware that has it on it. Maybe. No, um, I'm not, I've not been currently <laughs> drinking all night from a hop slam snifter. <laughs> I, I didn't do a whole episode drinking an entire six pack of hop slam. Didn't um, happen. But yeah, so hop slam, generous malt. Oh, nice. Thanks. Uh, generous, generous malt bill, uh, Pacific Northwest varieties of hops and honey, um, and that's also ten percent. Even though that's you know a pale ale. Um, the next one is uh, so the one we kind of alluded to before. It's the Christmas ale. So they've got the winter one, and then they've got the Christmas ale. So two separate things there. The Christmas one is actually a Scotch ale, and it's um, it's got malty notes and a caramel finish. That's that, honestly hefty of how you have to do Christmas ales. Oh, should yeah. we make something with all these allspice and nutmeg? Nah, scotch ale. Yeah, which I I, rem- I think I remember that one being good. It is massively hoppy. It is a gigantically hopped scotch ale. Yeah. It's, it's I'm good, fine though. with this. And it's at 7.5% ABV, so... Um, which is about right, I guess, for that time of year. Like, most, most of the stuff you're going to get is a little higher in the ABV. Um... Finally, on the specialty list, I've got the special double cream stout, which I think, mm, like some of my heart, I, I want to say we at least one of us drank that on the stout episode that we did a while back. So, probably I that's took, one of the ingredients took, in Black Note. Mm. I took this to. I'm pretty sure it was the double cream stout. I took this to a friend's party. They were like, "Hey, we'll all bring all this beer, and whoever brings the best, you know, thing of beer that we'll taste in this little blind sample tasting." You know, gets to cake all the rest of the beer home. Well, they never—they never stood a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So this the special double cream stout uh, is a rich stout brewed with ten different specialty roasted malts mm. with notes of mocha and espresso. Mm. But that one's only at six point one percent. You'd think it'd be a little heavier. I don't know Doesn't why. Doesn't have to be. Yeah. You can drink enough of them. Um, and then I do have this, uh, which we are going to link on um, the show notes for this episode. But uh, Bell's, like you know any other brewery, has released their 2018 um, calendar release schedule of all their stuff. So um, let's see. Here. So that made I'm excited. So uh, we started the year out with Hop Slam, which was available in many kegs. Wrap your mind around that. <laughs> And uh, we've already, this is in the specialties, we've already had Consecrated Doppelbach, which is falling off, because in any week now, we should be getting Hop Solution. Mm. I think that was the first double IPA I had that I was absolutely nuts about. Oh, thank you, Beam. So <laughs> I'm trying um, to think of, like, if there's anything that's like, wait, ooh. Oh, so if you uh, glance down at uh, Limited, the 30th Anniversary Cherry Stout Reserve. Is going to be oh. launching next month in May. Um, they have a Sparkleberry that's going to be in June. I was going to say, the names of some of these are just the greatest. Road to Hell uh, the, in the Limited, uh, launching in July. They're doing a Hell series. Okay. 
Yeah, because so there's Road the, to Hell, there's Sympathy for the Devil. They've yeah. always had the Hell Hath No Fury. That's Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll be that, and the Old Ale will be out in September. A new coffee stout coming out in October. Uh, they know how to get, get right at me. <laughs> uh, Sympathy for the Devil in November, whatever that's going to be. And then Eccentric Ale in December. But Eccentric Ale says it's only uh, sold at the General Store and the Eccentric Cafe. So, so uh, you got to go to Michigan. So, Furry Viking. Man, my suspension can't take a trip like that. <laughs> furry Viking, we're going to need someone to uh, to mule something back for us. <laughs> When you go, when you make a trip back for the holidays, and there, oh. there's also a um, on the specialty release in May something called Pool Time Ale. Pool Time Ale is not hard to come by. Oh, okay, it, it is out there. For some reason, it's not everywhere. ringing a bell to me. I've never actually had it. I've seen it everywhere. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, any final thoughts about bells? Like them. Uh, <laughs> glad, glad we could uh, find some time to squeeze this in. I'm I I want to say that I'm thankful to the man who introduced me to bells <laughs> in Kalamazoo, Casey Price. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, <laughs> Who's yeah. in the chat? Casey. And has some, <laughs> I have final, final, thoughts. Has some final thoughts, which we will not repeat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you sure? Should... <laughs> oh jeez. I like that he got there just in time. Apparently to hear me call him out and go yep oh i have thoughts <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, i think we're gonna actually get into what we were drinking <laughs> drink with me friend so surprise surprise i'm not drinking alcohol right now <laughs> we're still in the uh, the waiting period of other things so uh, yeah um but uh i I'm going to make it a point to at least get, like, interesting things if I have to not drink alcohol. So, um, I thought the name of this, because I tried reading it through a beer glass, was <laughs> Sutter. No, I, I just That'd made the awesome. same mistake. I was looking, I was like, what the hell? Like, like, I didn't think, I didn't see anything like that in the fridge. That would have been much more awesome. <laughs> Sutter, water enhancer. <laughs> Makes it epic. Um, so... What I wanted to do, I have a hard time making myself drink water. And since we are trying to have a family, uh, you kind of have to make yourself drink a crap ton of water. (laughs) You got to stay super hydrated. Um, Like, I just don't, even if I'm thirsty, I'm like, sip and I'm done. So (laughs) I I decided um, I would look for like the water enhancer things. So I was looking at the Mio ones, which I think everybody's kind of more familiar with. Um, Apparently... Those have an ingredient in them that is also an antifreeze that <laughs> defrosts your windshield. Uh, yeah. So um, I decided not to go that way. And <laughs> I found... Because we're not trying to defrost anything. Yeah. So Look, um, I'm just saying, I have eaten things that have also had ingredients that are inside of humans. True. <laughs> um, but given uh, circumstances... I know, right? Um, for a fucking... <laughs> so, um... Yeah, don't use Mio. Don't. Yeah, it's. I was like, oh, nope. So I found an alternative. Um, and it, it tastes really good. I they, they had a few different varieties at Kroger, um, our, our local grocery store. But on Amazon, they actually have a big variety pack of them. And there was only the one flavor I didn't end up liking. So I was like, well, this is still a win. So I'm going to hold it up. But it's called Stir. 
and it's S-T-U-R. But basically, instead of a bunch of weird-ass ingredients, um, it the first ingredient is, is literally purified water. Uh, and then it's got white grape juice. Um, they've put vitamin C in it, because so, sure, why not? Um, and then... Because it, flavor. Yeah, it it is one of the like low-calorie things or whatever. There's no sugar, but um, it says zero grams of sugar. But in reality, it does have some sugar. But the sugar that they use is the the stevia sugar, so the one from like the stevia plant instead of just straight cane sugar, um, and it's literally the last ingredient. So you don't taste like any, you don't taste like you need to brush your teeth afterward. You know, um, this particular flavor that I got is pomegranate cranberry, and that one was actually in the variety pack. Um, and you just you just squirt it in the little water thing and and shake it up, and uh, it basically tastes like Kool Aid. Um, so I'm on board. D- does it help you fight the Aesir during <laughs> Ragnarok? I wish, now I wish that was the name. But yeah, so uh, some of the other flavors were, uh, there's a, a mango, uh, it's like a tropical mango flavor. And then there's um, fruit punch, of course, which straight up does taste like fruit punch Kool-Aid. Um, and the only one I didn't like was uh, blueberry blackberry, which sounded exciting. But what it actually tastes like is uh the flintstones grape vitamins <laughs> and i was like like chalk yeah i was like i don't want to drink this <laughs> so but the rest of them are really good um 10 million strong and growing <laughs> so uh so yeah if 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 you're into the water and enhancer thing or whatever nice <laughs> we got a new follower uh thank you for following um so uh if you're into the the water enhancer thing like you're you just want flavor sometimes when you drink instead of just water. These are actually really good and not a bad price for a big bunch of them on Amazon. Cause you're the little bottle like this. Um, you don't have to put a ton into your water bottle and it lasts for a while. So yeah. All right. Well, uh, I had something completely different. Yes. Regalus. <laughs> I would I expect you guys to something from Bell's brewery. <gasps> Gasp. I grabbed the Kalamazoo stout mm. with this picture of Phil Collins. <laughs> but it's like a so, zombie Phil Collins. So we were wondering if Casey was going to be getting any of this because we were talking uh, <laughs> pre-show. And he's like, I, I'm going to send you all a message. And he just put it in our like show discussion thing. And it, he just said, looks like Phil Collins. <laughs> so Casey had no context. He just looks down and sees, looks like Phil Collins. <laughs> the yeah, the the for some reason the new label for it has a face that I think looks like former Genesis frontman Phil Collins. I was thinking uh, it was is Bill Murray. I thought it looked like Mr. Leahy from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Where it's up I mean, in the air. I mean, <laughs> to yeah. each their own. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a uh, American style stout. Uh, we've already said it comes in at six percent ABV. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's what I do when I drink to style. Um, I didn't get an I, uh, IBUs. I don't think we mentioned it in the. Uh no. I but that. a lot of Regard- their beers are hard to nail down IBUs for for yeah. some reason. Looking around, you get a lot of NAs. Even on an untapped, sometimes. Yeah, it's got a it's got a beer advocate score of three point nine five out of four out of a uh, five, hmm. and uh, it says. Its notes are stout brewed with brewer's licorice. Mm. That's what's on the bottle. That's, that's all it is. They have to say about it. Uh, 
I really enjoy this beer. Um, it's one of the first ones from Bell's that I actually really enjoyed. Uh, the Expedition was always a when I when I was starting to drink beer it was a little too harsh for me, but I could always go to like a Kalamazoo Stout or I could go to a uh, to the Double Cream when it's available. But uh, hmm. but this is this is a really solid American Stout, and it also won't you know make me regret everything about my life in the morning. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's really solid. It's got a, nice, a lot of nice chocolatey notes, uh, and it, it smells it smells like coffee and tastes like chocolate. Oh, I see. I don't remember. I, I know I've had all three, but I don't remember which one I liked the best out of like the Expedition, the Kalamazoo, and the um, Double Cream. I I, I want to say I probably didn't like the Double Cream as much. I have I go back and forth I, on cream stouts. Or I had the stouts. option to pick up the Expedition, but I thought you know what talk about the one that's there all the time every time for you yeah that's true expedition's pretty amazing <laughs> it is it is now i've gotten to a point now where i'm like it's really good it's really good <laughs> is it twenty dollars a six-pack good uh, uh, depends <laughs> on the day yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's when you start to really have to think about things it's when you make some really hard calls about your life yeah all right so for me I have been drinking the Whiskey Barrel Aged Cherry Stout. Now, I was apprehensive about this at first because there are some key things about this that can go very wrong very easily. <laughs> Tastes like that Tussin. Uh, yeah, okay. Anything cherry can go Tussin really quick. Save a free Vikings reaction. Hashtag wince. <laughs> yeah. Anyone, yeah. Anyone else curious? We mean Robitussin. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly the cherry flavor. <laughs> so, uh, and especially when you're dumping it into barrels and then the chance for infection also grows out of this. Mm. I've seen a lot of this on shelves. I was concerned. <laughs> I bought a bottle out of curiosity because the cher actual just regular cherry stout's amazing. So I was like, I mean, whiskey barrel agent, what could go wrong? Mm. Apparently nothing. It's amazing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, all my fears are laid to rest. No, uh, no Tussin? No Tussin. <laughs> it is just this, I mean, the stout is just a nice, sweet stout. And the cherry, it, it doesn't even punch through that tart. Just tart enough to let you know it's cherry. So I have a feeling they've really dialed the cherry back, fearing the Tussin. Mm-hmm. That was going to happen. <laughs> Everyone should fear the Tussin. Fear the Tussin. They knew it was coming. The night, the night is dark and full of Tussin. So this is Whiskey uh, Barrel Aged Cherry no. Stout uh, from Bell's Brewery Incorporated. Uh, it's a barrel aged stout. ABV comes in at 9.3%. IBUs are nowhere to be found. Has an untapped score of 3.94 out of 5. So I am not the only one who has found it quite enjoyable. Hmm. We're, we're, we're pretty close in our rankings right now, Chris. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the brewer's description, aged for up to 12 months in whiskey barrels. They did not slack off on letting that baby age. Our signature cherry stout evolves into something even more flavorful and complex. Notes of oak, vanilla, and dark chocolate are intertwined with tart Michigan cherries in a stout that seduces the palate. Ooh, yes, it wording. is. It is yeah, a nice flowery description for an amazing beer. No, it is great. Uh, I think it's, I'm going to say it's underrated, considering you can still find it on a lot of shelves in six packs. Uh, yeah, they're expensive packs, but it's worth it. It is good. Uh, you can find someone to split it. A lot of places will break it up into singles for you. And, I'm excited uh, to get a chance to try that. Did that, 
did Two Hearted and then Post Show Beer, which was my backup beer in case Cherry Stout was uh, straight Tussin, <laughs> is the 2017 Black Note Stout from Bell's, which mm. is possibly one of their best beers. I See, I don't remember that one. So, Black Note Stout is... Uh, cuvee is the wrong wording. It's a blending of uh, a few of their other stouts and then barrel-aged, and it is glorious. Hmm. Well, Anything else? I, I think that does it for uh, for Bells on for us. I think so. Surprisingly. It's, good. <laughs> it's a good, good, fun little episode. Yeah. Uh, glad we got to have it. Only... No, Casey would have just been mad the whole time. <laughs> no, Casey's just going to kill us next time. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll show up in my apartment and he'll, he'll pump get... the bells out of my stomach to make sure I don't enjoy it anymore. He gets his episodes coming up. We've got sake and the derby thing, so... <laughs> mm. Okay, we'll uh, again, uh, notice to everyone, derby hats. we got to start oh, yeah. working on those. Yeah, yeah, Because we are, between the, the four of us, we're having a derby hat competition. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look for something. We are? Yeah. You better right. be working on a derby hat. Apparently, I'm I'm pulling up the rear because I forgot all about this. No, I didn't I, realize it was a competition. I've but... known about it, and I've not been working on it. I've been well, thinking about money. it. Well, because money. All right. Well, don't Google forget, this. you can visit Have a Drink Show for some useful links about and info about us. You can also use the uh, – also look for Have a Drink Show on social media, Twitch, uh, YouTube, I gotta take the YouTube Facebook. thing out. <laughs> I mean, it's there. You can watch our old stuff. Yeah, you can uh, find the old episodes on there, the uh, the TV ones that we did. You want to see us drink also, some packs yeah. and get blasted? We should have just call it yeah. the Power Hour, because that's <laughs> that's what it was. Let's do oh, a whole 12-pack yeah. in an hour. Because we're smart. Let's go do a whole, yeah. Let's do the, the beer camp across America, and then try <laughs> to go on a... And then take a flight across the country. It's going to be great, I promise, guys. Your hangover will not kick in at 5,000 5, feet above sea level. Uh, anyway, you can also tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Tell us about when you had a hangover <laughs> the apex of your flight. Uh, uh, you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website. Yeah, all joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone, please drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive, all that fun stuff. Uh, to continue with the allegory, you know, you can, you can drink, you can Uber, and then you can just black out through your flight and just pass out. And then you wake up angry that uh, they didn't do any kind of beverage service on the flight. And then you're told, oh, no, they did. You just slept through it. Sorry. <laughs> All right. That's the that's the sound he felt in his heart when he realized that he missed a beverage service. It was. I Sorry. was upset, legitimately. I was. My thirst was quenched. <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so check us out next Saturday for our next live episode. Uh, and remember, you five dollar patrons, uh, that the call is next Saturday as well. At six. Um, at six in the Discord. <laughs> yes. Hey. Uh, so, um, and then check us out at patreon.com slash have a drink show for any other updates, or if you would like to, uh, you know, help out the show. Once again, um, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. <laughs> and I am Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>